Welcome to the show. Sarah Squirm is my guest. She's super funny. We've worked together, I think, three times. We talk about it. Those three times that we've worked together. She's really funny. She's different. She's uh, interesting. And I had a feeling it would be good to talk to her, and I was correct. Ah, this quarantine's making me so sincere. Ah, that's the worst part of it, right? Todd Berry podcast t-shirts, go to toddberry.com slash shirts if you want one of those. Uh, I have tour dates, which right now are being reworked. Some of them, some of her, some of them have been rescheduled, but if you want to look at those, I know it's a weird time to talk about tour dates, but uh, that is what I do for the most part. Anyway. We'll be right back with Sarah Squirm. Sarah Squirm, you're ready to go, huh? I guess. And I have never had a more enthusiastic response to do you want to do my podcast than what was you that did. bad? No, I was very I was kind of moved by it. I said, do you want to tell everybody what I said? I think he said something like, please, yes, please, capital, capital letters, yeah. something. I guess I could just, I could find it. Um, do you, but yeah, you were very I excited to the do this. Dome, off the top of my head, I think I said, give me a reason to live, maybe. <laughs> oh, here we go. Wait a second. Here we go. Yes, please. <laughs> give me a reason to live. Well, so I'm, happy to do, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> Are you going crazy? Um, no, I'm not. And I think that is driving me insane. You feel guilty for not feeling bad? Yeah, I think it's very easy for me to never leave my house and be like, I'm just right now the past two months have been existing in a, in a state of like, movies are so awesome and I can't believe the wonder of movie magic. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching a lot of shit? Yeah. I'm, I've watched literally a million movies. Let's hear some. I watched the first week I was feeling very morose. Um, and I watched all of Cronenberg. And okay. Then what last night I watched Labyrinth and the night before that I rewatched Roger Rabbit, which is right. literally the best movie ever made. You and I will never be having movie night based on this so far. No. <laughs> no but Cronenberg and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that's like the two best things I've ever seen in my life. I'm not saying they're bad movies. I forgot what Cronenberg made. What did he make again? David Cronenberg? He made Videodrome and The Fly. Okay. And oh, The Fly was good. I like The Fly. Fly is awesome. Scanners. So and the heads like, explode. You like dweeby nerd movies. I like I like body horror and gore movies. <laughs> and so I guess cool movies that aren't for nerds. Huh. Oh, you found a little workaround there. <laughs> you found a way to have your cake. 
Are you in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah, I am. Are you quarantining with people or? Yeah, it's me and my boyfriend, and he has to hear me sort of scream on uh, on Zoom calls and uh, what is this ZenCast podcast calls all day? <laughs> <laughs> is he a comedian? No, he's a normal. Okay. God bless. <laughs> God bless the, the normals. God Remember bless. when we used to perform for them? Oh, my God. What happened? Do you miss it a lot? Are you, like, devastated? I'm See, personally, yeah, I do miss it, but I also, mm-hmm. I'm just sort of stunned, I think. I'm too stunned to have a, to be upset, but I am upset and angry yeah. every day, enraged, hate it well, so you, much. You have this outlet, though, of the podcast. I do have the podcast. <laughs> Can I pitch something to you? You want to pitch something? Well, I'm a big <laughs> yeah. executive, so let me have it. All right. You ever thought about calling it a Toddcast? You know, I was about to say, if you're going to say call it a Toddcast, <laughs> I don't want to hear that for the 85,000th time. Uh, I mean, who comes up with this stuff? Damn, I'm good. <laughs> that was good. That was, uh, I'm a little disappointed in you, I, I got to say right now. I mean, maybe that's why no one ever asks me to be on their podcast. Seriously? Are, yes. You're kind of a famous person though, aren't you? Not at all. And I actually think quarantine has sort of been 50 days of just like me remembering that every single day. (laughs) Because you're not getting mobbed on the streets or anything? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not getting mobbed. I mean, it's just been a lot of time reflecting and exploring the deepest trenches of my mind palace and sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) You get a little heavy for the Todd Berry podcast <laughs> podcast did you um i watched one of your i watched a few of your videos i actually don't know you well i think i've only met you like twice right we met at i mean i met you like eight years ago but i don't think uh, you remember that did i tell you the story it's not does it about, make me look bad <laughs> no okay. no it makes me look like an idiot yeah like i did I tell you this, that you came to the coffee shop? I mean, this is before I did comedy or anything like that. In Chicago, you came to the coffee shop I worked at, and I was like, was oh, it, my God, that's Todd Berry. Which coffee shop? Intelligence? In Evanston. It, the, um, oh, I think you did tell me that. Yes. And did I you was say being, something to me? Yeah, I was being like a menace because like I was, I, I was like a – you know, teenager, and I was like a comedy fan, but like had never really. I'd done like an open mic or whatever, uh-huh. and I was just like so excited to like meet a real comedian that I like kind of tried to do a little prank, and I thought you I was did? being really funny. What did you do? I don't remember. I you were like I was like oh my god you're Todd Berry you must have a show at Evanston Space and you were like yeah do you know where I could get like healthy food around here? Uh-huh. And I was like, I kept recommending fast food restaurants and my boss would be like, don't listen to her. She's just told you about a greasy spoon. And oh, I, keep I thought it was hilarious. Everyone hated it. Um, no one thought it was funny. Where did I go in Evanston that had like live music, but it was weird, like chanting. Do you know what I'm talking about? Probably wasn't your coffee oh. shop then. Did, did you go to like the temple? 
The Baha'i no, Temple? It, it was a restaurant, but they had, or a bookstore maybe? I don't know. But I ended up buying a CD because it was just so weird, haunting, chanting music, and I never listened to it. But anyway, that'd be better if I remembered who this was, <laughs> where it was, or any detail of it. <laughs> oh, you went to I, Starbucks and got a Dave Matthews CD. Uh, that's <laughs> what it was. I got a Dave um, are you are you a skilled barista? Um, I mean, I worked at a coffee shop for like five years, but never cared enough about my job to be good at it. Really? Yeah, and that way I was rude. I guess I was okay. I don't remember you being rude. I just remember. Well, you you lost your mind when I walked in, so you probably would be rude. <laughs> I lost. Well, I also like didn't even really know what to like. I'd never like really interfaced with, you know, somewhat like, you know, like, oh shit, a like famous comedian, you know, whatever. All right. I'll let you have it. Yeah. Famous comedian. But I was like, I should definitely say something, (laughs) right? It's not like I'm not, I don't want to be annoying, but it's also like, I think people like when you say, Hey, I know your stuff. Uh, you're too late for this apology, but (laughs) You blew it. No, you were. I'm sure you were nice. It sounds like you were nice. Most people are nice in that situation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's all right to say something, right? Yeah. I mean, I I wonder if like really famous people get annoyed if they get bothered. But well, I need constant attention all the time. So yeah. Do you have a Have you had any good celebrities uh, encounters besides the one we just talked about? Well, I moved to LA. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing. Um, I moved to LA in November. Um, and who did I see? I saw Jack Black walk down the street one uh, he's time. He's a nice guy. I haven't seen him in years, but he, he's a good guy. Well, I didn't say anything. Yeah. I got too nervous. I think uh, I think there's a difference between someone walking into a coffee shop and then they're talking to you anyway, as opposed to like stopping someone on the street. Although right, that's like flagging not a big de- someone down. That's not a big <laughs> deal either. But uh, yeah, but you were Jack told me you were very rude to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went on tour in October with Eric Andre, and like I just witnessed what hit what people do to him on the street like uh-huh. just yeah. complete lack of boundaries and like right you know because he's a maniac like his comedy right. is insane so people will just run up to him and like grab his balls and oh, stuff yeah and that's not good that's not good man uh, and it's, um, it's funny <laughs> you like it <laughs> Hey, that guy sexually assaulted you. That was hilarious. Is that what you're saying? I'm laughing, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a good – I like Eric Andre. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he rocks. His his I haven't seen a lot of it, but when he's on stage, it's like – yeah, it's pretty insane. It's so – and like I, I'm so like gra- grateful and thankful that I got to like – because he was recording his Netflix special and I was just – open for him for like a month and I was so grateful for the experience because it's such a like a once in a lifetime experience almost to be in a room full of people who just love someone so much 
yeah. like just just ripping their eyes out. He gets on stage and like Heshers start like headbanging and like screaming and tearing their face off. There were a couple nights when people were like running on stage, like tackling each other. Um, wow. I guess it that's sounds what, like, like a nightmare, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was dangerous and violent. <laughs> My show, like someone texts in the third row and they get thrown out, but his like people are <laughs> grabbing his balls and shit. Oh, is that your your? Are you strict? like that i'm not i'm i am i mean i'm not strict i just like a nice civilized i don't i mean what I, me and eric andre and i do very different things <laughs> no I mean, you guys both chug ranch dressing on stage i chug ranch dressing and i take my shirt off and i scream <laughs> yeah exactly and then i surf a body surf like i yeah i mean but i, I wouldn't say i'm strict i like a nice polite audience but I generally get them. Right. Because I've trained them. No, that's not true. No, because I just, when you do an act as brilliant and subtle as mine, it just, only a certain type of person gravitates toward it. <laughs> right, exactly. You make was, everyone was, put your their phones in those like Dave Chappelle bags or whatever. No, I, well, <laughs> I love that they're, they're called Dave Chappelle bags. But uh, I actually did a show in, in, uh, phoenix where they did that by default like that's the only time i've experienced it and it's uh is pretty nice it's the hollywood improv does that like any night of the week and so it's like a thursday night at like 8 p.m and like i'm on stage it's like who cares and it's just funny to like look out at all the like cabaret tables and see the locked up phones like but you know it's good thing right it's better than seeing someone text from the first row you know yeah Unless that I doesn't bother you. I, i'm not really bothered by it i'm less of like i'm not like the best stand-up in the world and i get sick of my own joke so sometimes yeah. like any distraction in the audience I, for me to latch on to so i can talk about anything other than the jokes i've grown to hate like right i get i kind of like it what what festival did we do together Oh right, we did meet twice. That another we did the Fort Wayne, Indiana festival. Is that where it was? Oh my god! Now that I walked in there, I was I think I had done my show, and I was like, oh, let me check something else out. And someone said you could go to this bar, and I gotta say, man, I was I was angry on your behalf, even though I'm guessing you weren't even angry. Like it was just like that audience was just all talking. I mean, there were pockets of people listening, but it just was like, am I wrong? No, you're completely right. I've like suffered suffered such abuse that I like I'm like always accept horrible rooms as normal now cuz like we started doing like a weirdo DIY show at like punk basements and and like I've just like Stockholm syndrome myself into like Ex- totally accepting a room full of people who fucking hate me and are screaming at me the whole time. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I'm on stage, literally, we drove, like, six hours pissed right. off to Fort Wayne, Indiana from Chicago. I'm on stage wearing a full clown suit, screaming over people who hate me. And I see Todd Berry, podcast Barry, walk, <laughs> walk into the bar see me take it all take the scene in 
I saw your like jaw drop a little bit and then walk out immediately. And so I, was I just, well, I just assumed you like saw what I was oh, doing. No, no. <laughs> I wanted to see what you're doing, but I couldn't deal with people just having, I don't even know how you have a, you know, it's like you go to some, sometimes you go to a bar or something or a restaurant is a, dude playing piano in the corner and you're like okay we can talk it's not a show <laughs> but what you're doing it was a show i mean it yeah, was crazy it just, that that festival literally makes us come all the way to fort goddamn wayne indiana to punish us <laughs> that's a that's a little interesting way of a <laughs> of a phrasing something you did by choice but <laughs> yeah right and then, i have to keep remembering that comedy is a choice <laughs> yeah do you are you glad you chose it though that's the real question i am but i think i've i mean like it's the only thing that i love in the world but i've taken so much time in quarantine to like really think about it and really wonder what good it's done the planet that's interesting what have what, what have you come up with I don't know. I think it's actually allowed me to, I mean, I think it's given me time to think about how I think about my own stuff. And it, you know, I think I spend so much time just like feeling, you know, shitty about what I do and feel, you know, it's just, you spend so much when you do something that like requires constant like affirmation and self-evaluation, you just feel bad oh, and then all you're the not time. Getting that's a good point. But yeah, and I also like I'm just taking this time to like recenter and remember like why I love to do it. You know. Do you have any fear that when it starts up again that you won't want to do it? Um a little bit, yeah. I think it's going to be so weird because comics are just so it's something you have to do pretty much all the time. Yeah. To keep the wheels greased and it's going to be weird getting on that stage, but I mean, I know, like, I do I... you feel like you actually ever get rusty? I almost wonder if that's sometimes like the, the like work addiction of comedians is almost like a myth just so that like, you know, if a shark stops swimming, they'll die. It's like uh -huh. if comics have even one second to think about their themselves and their horrible little lives, they'll just like fucking well, I... die. I think that uh, that you're trying to justify your own laziness. No, I think that uh, – <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I'm doing three spots in that. I think there is something to the – like there's times I've done five spots in a night and I, and I don't feel like – it's not like I'm doing a spot, reflecting, doing another spot, reflecting, taking no. It's like um, now I'm just like I, I need to see if I can make this next spot without taking a taxi, you know, if I can do right. public transportation to save $15. So I don't know that I get, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess it depends on how, what you do between shows, but yeah, I think there is something we said for taking a night off. And, and I think comics really need to take a time to look at themselves in the mirror and like reflect on why they're doing what they're doing. Really? I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to look at the bright side of all this quarantine stuff and if this means that like i have to like sit down and think about why i hold a room full of people at gunpoint and make them listen to what i have to say every night it is a okay. bananas yeah it's a weird job 
It is. Like, I'm not, I don't have any skills. I'm not good at a saxophone. <laughs> I've just I feel decided. Like you, can make the, you can make that the, funny, though, right? If you just did saxophone yeah. anyway. A tiny saxophone Dolly Parton style. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is a weird, it's a weird thing where it's just like, there. all right, there's going to be a room. There's going to be 200 people facing one way and then one person facing those people. I need to be that person. It's weird. Right. My personality is enough. I'm enough. Yeah. I've decided to make myself the commodity. I, you know, it's bizarre. But asshole, that's why people weirdly admire. If they don't think we're gross assholes, they they either think you're like someone who they can just bully around and go tell me a joke. Or more often they think like, holy shit, how do you do that? Well, I mean, not to blow smoke up your ass, but like you're, you actually might be one of the only comedians who's like honed this a uh, very specific skill. Like you do crowd work, which is like, I mean, yeah, no, not many people can do that at all, actually. Yeah, and like maybe I, that is a muscle that might get a little rusty in quarantine. See, I feel, that's weird because I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, "Oh, how easy would it be to to do a crowd work tour after this?" Because there's nothing that I'm like, "Oh, did I memorize this joke that I used to do nine months ago?" Right. So, be looking for a nice crowd work tour from me. Yeah, but you gotta. How are you flexing your crowd work muscles right now? To your so cat? My, my cat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, ask. I asked her where she was from today. <laughs> I asked her if she had any good stories. And Do you I have a her, joke for like every city? No, no. No, I don't oh, have. It's, what? You're like, oh, where are you from? Indiana? Oh, oh no, no, I'm not. No, I don't have like, no. <laughs> I didn't memorize a bunch of cities and then said, I'm going to write a fucking separate joke for each one. I fly. It's off the cuff, man. Deal with it. Yeah, man. I'm just channeling, dude. What do you? Uh, so are you? Oh shit! Wait a second. I hope we're still recording, but um, I think we are. I see a little red dot. It okay. says recording in progress. Okay, good. Because my my screensaver went went down or whatever. Whatever. We're good. <laughs> That's the good thing about doing it from home. Like I could leave that little mistake in and people are like, oh, I get it, man. He's doing it from home. Dude, it's COVID, man. He's just fucking around, dude. <laughs> I watched one of your videos today. I watched two of your videos, but um, oh. that one where you make a mask out of underwear made me laugh, made me cry laugh. Really? Yeah. It was just because you were so, you're, you didn't, you did it seemingly, it was like one take. I mean, I don't know if you did it a bunch of times, but. One take. I did it, it one, one time, and I couldn't it mess was, it up because yeah. – Yeah, I don't want to ruin it for people, but it's really ruin funny. Ruin it. Please ruin it. Oh, really? All right. Because I kind of uh, want to talk about um, – Okay. Well, let's it, talk about yeah. it. You sort of say – you say, uh, I'm going to teach you how to make a mask with just something you might already have at home, which is is a pair of underwear. And then you pull out the underwear, <laughs> and it's got this crazy big shit stain on it. <laughs> Like hilarious, and also the underwear is like size ninety, and then uh, and it's men's, I believe. Not to be, I know it doesn't matter, but and then you proceed to put it on your face, and it's like 
and at some point the shit is dripping from the bottom. <laughs> and then towards the end, you kind of like adjust your mouth and you smear your mouth with the shit. It was a, maybe I shouldn't have ruined it because it doesn't sound as good when when you watch. Well, it. it's I wanted you to talk about it because I feel I don't know if you feel this way, but in isolation, I like I feel so disoriented a little bit that. Uh-huh. I can't remember. I'm like making this video being like, I can't tell if this is funny. It was super funny. But you know what I mean? I'm like deprived of my like usual avenues of like. Right. Uproarious laughter. (laughs) Right. But where did you post? Did you post it anywhere you could get a, yeah, I mean you posted on Twitter. I post, I did put it on Twitter and Instagram and no one gives a shit about any, you know, it's just like, it's just, it's just throwing garbage into the black, a black hole. It's like, no one cares. Did anyone like, did you make that for anyone like adult swim or anything? Or that was your own? No, that was like, I was saying, you know what? I'm going to make a little project just for me. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it was good. Like it was, it, it almost seemed like you had a special effects person who had like remote control to control when the shit would come down. Well, that's why I wanted you to, to, I actually did want to talk about this because I did want to brag about, I only did that in one take and the, the liquid shit was made out of a perfect blend of chocolate sauce and coffee. And I've used practical (laughs) effect, scatological fluids. (laughs) So I use them so often that I was, I knew exactly how to make the shit fall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I knew how to smear it. <laughs> You're, you have great theatrical shits skills. I do. I have um, so, but, I've used everything. I've used hamburger helper meat. I've done it all. And also you did it without cracking at all, which is, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty deadpan, but this was it. If you had smiled or did anything, it would have blown it. It would have blown it. Well, I, I didn't smile or crack because – I'm uh, in quarantine. I'm j- just paralyzed. <laughs> How did you shoot? You shoot that with? Anything. You shot that like on a green screen or something? Or? No, that's just my my house. Your house. My my trippy house. And one take, damn. Mhm. Mhm. But I I feel I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm like, I, I I'm like. Oh, I'll just I'll make funny little videos in quarantine since I don't have my outlet on stage anymore, and it's like not the same. It feels like dragging my no, eyeballs not, across a chalkboard. Yeah, I did. I did a. I've done. I, I've done a couple of Zoom type things, but I haven't done a set because I just know that that's not going to feel right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, I'm not. I'm not going to be like, oh, that kind of satisfied me doing a set in my kitchen. Yeah, right. It's like it's it's anti- antithetical to everything we do. Yeah, you heard me. Yeah. But, um, I was just going to say something. Go ahead. No, say what you're going to say. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I started what I've become addicted to TikTok videos. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought it would happen. I had it on my phone for a while and I kind of glanced at it once. I was like, I bet it's just dancing and people dancing and lip syncing. It's a whole bunch of shit on there. I, I, the amazing thing about TikTok is you can see the like complete ingenuity of kids, like being 
so like it's so cute to see kids get incredibly creative with zero material right and then simultaneously i like couldn't watch it anymore because there was like too many kids doing like sexy little dances (laughs) there is one account that i followed that i feel guilty just because i don't like kids being dragged into entertainment but this little girl the videos are so well done and the little girl is adorable and really funny but you can find that you you can just find that account (laughs) based on what i told you funny kid but there's also a lot of like scams and shit like i didn't realize a lot of like here's how you could go to 7-eleven and get free napkins you know it's just fucking like there's a lot of us yeah unethical kind of shit on there but maybe that's what we need now more than ever what's that tiktok scams <laughs> oh yeah do you lie you a fan of a scam um i mean sure yeah like i don't have any like good heist stories i'm not like a good shoplifter <laughs> but like <laughs> I, think be funny if you've had- I think I, how <laughs> you're the only guest so much who hasn't had a good heist thing. story <laughs> everyone has a heist who doesn't have a heist story Oh, I guess I'm boring. <laughs> I robbed a jewelry store like two weeks ago. Um, what were you going to say? I think I interrupted you. Oh, no. I was just, like, how is anyone going to survive this period without just like, you know, everyone living off like barely any money from stimulus checks? It's like, yeah. you got to steal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I probably, I just, yeah, I do think it's going to, uh, I mean, I guess people are already starting to crack with the protests, but I feel like people who normally wouldn't protest are going to start to crack soon. Mm-hmm. How's I that agree. For, that's a fucking upbeat little thing I just added to my show. What about... Uh, <laughs> Everyone's going to crack. <laughs> didn't I run into you in LA? It's Satellite also. We did a show together, right? Yeah. Yeah. What show was that? Was it Neil Hamburger's show? Or was it... It was either oh, Neil yeah, Hamburger's yeah, yeah. or... Or maybe um, John Daly, but I think it was Neil Hamburger's show, best show on the planet. Yeah, that is a fun show. That place is. Uh, it, it looks like it could be bad. Like it's not the ideal setup for comedy, but they're pretty good. It's got a nice teetering on the board borderline of being rowdy energy, but they're still yeah. focused. It's like rock venue so it's not like you're too high and everyone's too low and everyone's spread out behind like huge columns and there's no sight lines and like anytime I perform there I do like a video because I do like we're all the listeners at home listening to Pod Berry's podcast. Pod, <laughs> Pod Berry's podcast. I do like PowerPoints with like gross videos or whatever. And I know that no one can see them because everyone's standing behind a, an enormous ionic column, but I still do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You got you get the people who can see you and they'll tell the other people, right? Yeah. I don't that was the lamest fucking pep talk I've ever given anyone. Yeah, hey, thanks, man. Thanks after all that <laughs> after so all that how, time in the comedy industry. How hard did you tour? Um, I lived in the Midwest for a long time. I was in Chicago and we would do like I me and all my friends, it would be like six of us pack into two 
uh, Honda Civics and we would go on like a two week tour, like to, you know, Richmond, Virginia, and we'd sleep in a cabin and shower in the creek and, and like do shows in like the basement of like a library in Turner Falls, Massachusetts. So we'd go on like Did one. Did you book in, this yourself in, or? Yeah, it'd be like me and all my uh some of my friends who like know music people we would just go do shows wherever like music people were so we would do like a weird right. oh a freaky comedy show and then have like a local like freaky band play with us also what was the core group how many people was it it's five there was a band that when i wasn't there a band that did a beatles thing a mccartney thing or was that the yeah. show that Okay. Yeah, my friend. So it's me. I host the show, and my friends are do this sketch group called the Shrimp Boys. So yeah. that was that. What was the premise of that sketch? I forgot. You know, they're boys, so they do all this like boy stuff where they do like sketch comedy about like uh, finding a wrinkle in the time space continuum and uh, <laughs> going back into time to kill phil specter and like what happens to the beatles and i don't know so like yeah (laughs) the millennials really love a good phil specter sketch (laughs) it's exactly their reference point (laughs) (laughs) um so you did these tours and what was the name of the group the overall tell me it's called hell trap nightmare okay obviously (laughs) So many people have said to me, like, since quarantine started, like, oh, I feel like I'm living in a hell trap nightmare. That's the fun. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that's, that's the name of your group. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> Do you, because uh, I read an, I read a review, not a review, an interview with you on, from Vice, I think, where you made a good point that I've made before. So that's how you know it's a good point when I've made it before. <laughs> <laughs> that uh about comics who kind of just perform in one you know you i think you said a, a open mic in silver lake mm-hmm. and how limiting how that limits you to just play to one yeah i think i definitely i say that a lot because sometimes i i i say that out of fear because sometimes i wonder if i was like marinating too long in chicago but i love chicago and that's where all the freaks were and i also like didn't have any money so i couldn't move anywhere but like, I don't know, I think touring around the Midwest, especially doing what we're doing, like, I mean, it's not always amazing, but it's definitely challenging alternative comedy. Challenging in the sense that you're like, what am I looking at? Why am I here? Why did I spend $7 to be here? Right. But, you know, I've had to, it's not always fun to be in rooms of people you agree with because it's like hard to have a lot of growth there when you're basically just like talking into like an echo chamber so it was fun like being in chicago and doing like weekly spots at the laugh factory chicago which is like a tourist destination for like a lot of like indiana bachelorette parties and like kind of it's a great opportunity like talking about bernie sanders like in front of a room full of people who like hate you and like have never met a jew before it's like Right. I hate to like romanticize the like comedy mythology of like, yeah, I got really thick skin because I performed in front of people who hated me for eight years or whatever. 
but it's a little something to that of like well, I, think, I re- yeah. yeah. I also think that because um, sometimes I'll I'll go to like a new or newer comic night and I see people who and I feel like on I feel like the problem with some people is that they they've never performed in any situation where there's stakes involved or there's yes. any risks. Like if you're doing your friend's bar show once a week, he doesn't care if you bomb. There's, right. There's nine people there. No one paid and you're not getting paid. Right. And you often see some of these people who are like, they're supposed to do eight minutes. They either do like two minutes or they do 19 minutes. <laughs> right. It's right, just because right. they've never, it never occurred to them to have any discipline. Right. I mean, yeah, don't get me started. Where's the fun? I mean, it's like, where is the fun in that? Because, like, I mean, I'm not, not to say there's not any growth without pain, but like, how do you learn from your mistakes? And like, how do you like widen your like breadth of experience unless you're exposing yourself to like ideas and like people who are different from yourself? And it's like, you know, of course, like, Brooklyn is a like diverse place, but if you are only uh, performing in front of and with people who basically have the same like value system as you, you know, you're not really broadening your, there's a whole world out there. Right. And also like if you get big or you get a TV show, you're not going to get all... You're going to get people from all over the world watching it. It's not just going to be Silver Lake or else your show will go off the air if it's just Silver Lake. But, uh, yeah. And that, like, raises the stakes, like you were saying. Like, you know, you can't always be, like, comfortable. You have to challenge yourself, you know, and – if if you're if you're not always like a little bit scared, I mean, isn't that like a kind of a you, you know hacky saying that like, well, if you're not nervous, then you don't care anymore. But there is something to that of like there has to be like a little bit of like nerves or fear to remind you that you're like trying really hard at something you care about. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think I agree with you on everything you said. I think so, uh, I heard a comic say, and he. I think this is a good way to put it. Like some people seem to be more into a, being part of a scene than they are actually into comedy. So I oh, think if you yeah, just do bar shows, and there's nothing wrong with doing bar shows, I will. I'd love to do one tonight. But if you just do <laughs> that and you just kind of never even think to go any outside your city. I feel like you just kind of, it's some little social scene for you, perhaps. Right. And it's like, you know, I love comedians and I love doing comedy, but like to get into comedy because you want to hang out with a bunch of fucking psychopaths. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, that's not, can't be like a lifelong motivation. (laughs) Do you think you really, do you think comics are more psycho than other people? I I've been thinking about this a lot actually because um when with the Bernie campaign I just got like more I got off my ass basically and got a little more active um and I met like a lot of you know DSA Democratic Socialist people and a lot of like uh-huh. labor organizers 
And this uh, Chicago public school teacher who organizes um, teachers, he, he organizes Chicago public school teachers. And he asked me, why do comedians have like horrible politics? You know, like. What a dumb what thing is- to say. <laughs> For him? Yeah. Wait, why? I'm curious about why you, what your reaction. Where is, what, what what politics, why are, I mean, I know tons of comics who are Bernie supporters and for the most part comics, I think are progressive. I think he saw, what did he, he saw like one meathead go on stage and now he's, (laughs) unless I'm missing his point. Well, I kind of agree with him because I actually know a lot of comedians who like, aren't like lefties and aren't like don't have any class consciousness and like just fully were adamantly not like Bernie heads. And I'm like, what is that? You guys don't have health insurance. You perform at shitty bar shows every night. Why? I think it's just hard for comedians to have the like, not me us standpoint because their entire life is, um, like it's it's an individualistic endeavor to like do stand up, you know, and you live yeah, in constant fear all the time. Right. I don't so, know yeah, how that like, would have, how would that give you pad politics though. Yeah, I'm really digging deep on this one. Yeah, because you don't have like group consciousness. You don't. Um. You 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 you're in constant need of like positive affirmation so sometimes you're i mean i think historically comedians are supposed to be like lefty radicals who are like hey this thing is kind of fucked up right but i think that's kind of changed since comedy has become very careerist that i think a lot of politics has become diluted because you know what's what's right isn't always popular and i think people are sometimes afraid of alienating both like the audience and like institutions that could get them capital jobs you know i think that my problem this your your friend got under my skin so i'm still thinking about this um are you mad at me now too <laughs> no i'm not mad at you I, no i like you i just don't like the the something about i mean maybe i'd need more context to what they said to you and everything that was said mm-hmm. before and after but just to say, like, why are comedians have this view of politics? Like, so could you say the same thing about architects or or teachers? Or I mean, I don't. It seems like a sweeping, baseless accusation. Right, but like, I think there is oh, something. <laughs> don't don't you think that? Don't you think there is something to it though? Where like. Different kinds of like, okay, let's just say stand-up comedy is an art form, right? right. (laughs) Like other artists, other artists have more, um, I don't know. There's something about the like stand-up comedy mindset that breeds like just psycho behavior. Um. Because you like want to be, you know, you got a lot of people who want to be fucking famous. It's like, what is that? Psychosis. <laughs> no, but you want to be famous, don't you, a little bit? Yeah, of course I'm diseased. <laughs> I have a disease. 
that'll be funny. Like, no, I don't. I don't want to be famous. That's why I put out videos and tweet six hundred times a day. I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> yeah, I tweet about my butthole and diarrhea eight hundred times a day <laughs> because I want to be fucking famous. It's Hollywood, bitch. You told that to your friend. You're like, yeah. What do you mean we've got bad politics? Do you see my butthole video? I I think maybe there's like a a lot of the internet has bred like a generation of like younger comics who are like, oh, I can just like commodify my personality and uh, become a comedian and become famous. Yeah, no problem. I'll do it for no reason. That's another. Now that's another thing, another peeve of mine. Not what you said, but when people, uh, when people say like, "I don't like comedy. Most comedians are bad." Okay, most musicians are bad. Most painters <laughs> right. are bad. Most films are bad. We could keep going with this, you know. Right. I think people have yeah. an, uh, like a like an especially harsh like. I mean, when I see someone who's terrible, unfunny, or I see. It, there's a lot of commercials I've been watching lately because I'm watching more TV and they're mm-hmm. infuriating. I'm not right. going to name names, but. Come on, throw no, them no, under. No. You're talking about the Zoom commercials. <laughs> I'm going to throw a, an insurance company under the bus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, oh man, I should just, I'm going to, I wish I could, call, I'm going to call that teacher right now on the air and, and, and lay into him. But here, here is my argument to why I think he's right is because I think, okay, paint, you brought up painters. I think yeah. a lot of painters do not start painting because they want to be famous and have like a big Hollywood movie star job. I think they just do it, you know, because why does anyone make anything? But I do think a lot of people get into comedy because uh, they're sick, sick, sick in the head and want to become uh, famous based on their personality alone. And I think it therein lies the bad politic. Huh. I, huh. I know we're in the middle of a fight right now, but we'll get past this. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that their same motivations, like the, the people need to hear me be funny is the same motivation as people need to check out this painting. Unless someone is painting in their garage, but someone who's trying to get into galleries, and I'm sure that world is brutal. Right. Maybe I'm being so critical of it because I mean, it's easy for me to be critical of comedians because I am one. And yeah. also, I just spend so much time in quarantine really thinking about all right, what led you to this point, Sarah Nicole? <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> um, I accept your apology. Anyway, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have you been? Uh, what have you been cooking in, in quarantine? Potatoes and onions, thousands and thousands of potatoes and onions a day. I've eaten so many onions. I, I fucking love onions. But it's all, I mean, that's a great. That's very liberating about the quarantine. Even though I hate it, it's like. There's no like, oh, should I put garlic powder on my pizza? I might run into someone later. Yeah. You can put a lot of garlic yeah. powder on that pizza. That I'm Jewish, so I'm like so lactose intolerant and I can't eat, you know, dairy. And now I'm like, oh, f- fuck, I don't have anywhere to be. I'll just eat a fucking pizza and then just like sit on the toilet for the rest of the day because I have nowhere else to be. Now, now, now. <laughs> now, now, now. Yeah. 
I didn't get to hear actual shit. Hey, this podcast is for kids. <laughs> I can handle shit when it's like in the context of comedy, but when it's like, no, this is me <laughs> shit, then I get a little squeamish. But that's my problem. What has right? been your favorite thing to do in quarantine? Um, wow, I, 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 I don't know because I, they all have downsides, you know, like the cooking you could say oh that's interesting i cook now a little bit but then like the mess you make fuck like mm-hmm. cook one dinner and then you make two things and the place is wrecked <laughs> so uh, so i didn't answer your question did i i don't know what um burning through no, but i agree I there's there's a pierre serafinowitz show sketch where he like just sh- he invents like a new um, – it's a commercial for a fake like household product. It's a gun. It gets rid of all of your household chores because you just like shoot it. Uh-huh. And like every time I have to do dishes, I think about him shooting a sink full of dishes with a gun. <laughs> who is this person? Peter Serafinowicz. He like – Oh, okay. I know, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah I didn't, okay. um, that's funny. What's your favorite You're laughing. thing? laughing. I, I, I'm not a laugher. What's your favorite thing about the quarantine? Then I'll try to think if there's something that I... I don't think I like any of it, Sarah. Really? I mean, I, I've watched, you know, a hundred movies that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. But I can't say I like it. Is there... Say, yeah, go, go, go. I was going to say the, least, the best thing that I do where I feel a little satisfaction is that I I'll go for a 40 minute walk and that's kind of fast and that's it. But kind of fast. Well, I mean, it's some where I walk out, where I go, at least I'm moving my body on some level to go right. with all the chips. What were we going to say? Well, it's, I mean, it's hard. I'm not enjoying quarantine in the sense that like, you know, there's just a anvil sitting on my chest all day thinking about global economic collapse and the deaths of thousands and thousands of people like it's obviously not enjoyable but there is like didn't you need to recharge a little bit but you also have a life partner yeah that's true that's true he's very annoyed with me because i scream all day in the apartment really did he yeah, not I'm know screaming that? right now. <laughs> he had he never saw that side of you. Yeah, we've been dating for seven years. He didn't realize I was <laughs> It's kind of a wild one, this one. When, when did that kick in? Seven years. <laughs> yep, seven years. I feel like you would have the funnest wedding. Oh my god, I will never get married, but that would be fun. I feel like yours would be like the least like uh, I got to go to a wedding feeling. We're like, oh, I'm going to go to this wedding. That's actually the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. It means I'm interesting. <laughs> yeah, of course you're interesting. I booked you on the Todd Berry podcast. That's absolutely true. I've had – I mean you don't even have a verified Twitter account. And How did you get on here doing that without Can that? you believe? <laughs> I, I thought you did. And I was kind of like shocked and kind of a little – Almost was going to cancel you when I realized you did have it. <laughs> the, the, I, I get like reported all the time on Instagram because I'm always like p- gross. Uh-huh. Well, 
like that. So my last time I got reported, like I had a video where I was like cutting my intestines out and like yeah. I pulled them out and it was like sausage links and it got reported <laughs> for quote unquote self harm. Oh my God. So I know. So I was like, okay, this is bogus. Let me see. I'm like, I wonder if I was verified if I would get reported all the time and get having to take stuff down. Like maybe I wouldn't get in trouble. So then I applied Embar- I I shamefully applied and they said no. Damn. They were like, you are not a recognizable public figure. I uh, really got my I ass see- handed to me on a silver platter. <laughs> That's rough justice. I actually saw a TikTok video about a guy who showed you how you could code your you could change the code in your Instagram to give you a verified <laughs> badge, but you don't, you're not going to feel good about doing that. Maybe you're going to become a TikTok star. I'm trying. I've been pumping them out. But I still really? don't quite know how to use it. Yeah, I pumped out, a few, pumped out about six. That's a lot. I think I have like 40 followers. Um, okay, slay. And then on Twitter, I have 317,000 followers. So there's a disparity. There's some catching up, there's some catching up to do. Let's talk about three hundred thousand uh, followers. That's like a mega church. You could yeah, just you could start a revolution with three hundred thousand followers. When did you make this flyaway thing? What this thing flyaway? When did you Say make that, that again? Is am I saying it the wrong way? I no. I think I just keep. I have bad internet. Um, uh, oh, okay. So sometimes you cut out. Oh. So if at any point in this podcast I wasn't being funny or interesting, it's because you, it probably cut out. It's probably not, yeah. It's it's the equipment. Yeah, it's the equipment. Um, uh, it's gear stuff. I don't get that kind of stuff. I'm a I'm a girl. I was asking you about Flay Away, the infomercial. Yeah, I. I, I How guess did that happen? I uh, so it was this like thing that I would perform live. I had this like 25 minute performance video piece um that i would do live when i was performing in chicago and touring around and i pitched it to adult swim like hey look at this crazy video where i cover myself in raw meat and blood and cow brains um (laughs) and it was awesome i got to make it with absolutely and it was just like cool i mean it's like a body horror gore thing i don't know who absolutely is what is absolutely oh 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 they do they're tim and eric's production company oh okay oh i should know that right yeah well there's so many things to know um but it was cool because like i got to like meet all these people who make like special effects for a living and they Uh were like hey you can make human skin out of garbage bags spray painted and covered in dirt and it looks like human skin and i would make videos in my house with like 30 dollars and like no money no nothing and they were like you don't have to cover yourself in raw meat we'll teach you how to like turn this cloth material into something that looks like raw meat (laughs) (laughs) like you weren't using raw meat for real right i Um, was using i've done the worst things to myself (laughs) Because uh, that video is very – I was like, wow, this is fucking high-tech shit, man. How, how long did it take you to make that? Which one? The Flay Away one? Flay Away one, yeah. 
oh, so that it was like all fancy and that wasn't real raw meat. And that was like, there was a fancy studio and a fancy production company. So like they, I had all this help and it, it was like probably a month long process. Um, and it was cool. I learned about movie magic and then I was like, I got to move to LA. They got people who know how to make skin and stuff out of trash bags. This rocks. <laughs> what, uh, what are you going to do tonight when we're done in five in a few minutes? Damn life after the Todd Berry podcast. I know there'll be, there's, the, there's a little bit of a blues kind of, uh, you'll be blue for a while. I'm, I'm reading this, um, book that I don't understand a single word of because it's so fucking British. I know it's Alan Moore comic book. Okay. First of all, it's a comic book. I guess I didn't. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) It's like one of his earlier comic books, I guess about like this like spooky, uh, horror comic about Jack the Ripper and they're all British and they're talking all British. I have no idea what they're talking about. Who turned you on to this? Did you just hear about it? Um, I love Alan Moore and I've haven't read this and I haven't read, he wrote like a 1200 page novel that I was too hard to read. So I switched to this real quick. Was it a graphic novel? No, it was regular. Regular novel. <laughs> yeah, it was regular. It was regular. Can I get a regular novel, please? Where's your regular novels at? Can I get a regular <laughs> novel, steaming hot, please? Do you um? Do you have any uh, a good potato recipes that you can share with me before we go? Yeah, I'm really bad at cooking, so you should listen to me when I say cut up a potato in a, in a really wrong way that takes way too long and put it in a pan with onions and a shit ton of butter and salt and pepper and then cook it until your fire alarm goes off. And then- I was just going to ask you about that because someone I, – <laughs> I, I, I was I, – I was, I was, I was going to tweet about that and later. I am going to tweet about it. But I, someone told me or I read somewhere he put a shower, a, a shower cap over the smoke alarm what? to cut, to block it. So I actually ordered one online, the cheapest one. It was like two bucks. And I tried it once. It seemed to work. And then last night it went off while I was making something. That can't be good, right? To, well, it doesn't work. It seemingly doesn't work. So uh, to, that's to take like your, a donor teenager thing. <laughs> do you, uh, so do you not take the batteries out? No, I just like I, I hit the button with a broom and then give up on my potatoes and then eat them in whatever condition they're in. Oh, my God. Kind of saucy you looking at on this. Well, actually, thanks for asking because I just got this new um, Chipotle Cholula uh-huh. and it's fucking major. It's good. Uh-huh. If they're listening, send me a case of it and send Sarah one little bottle of it. <laughs> Thank you. Please sponsor Todd's <laughs> podcast. Chipotle Chalua. What's your Damn. favorite? What's your favorite hot sauce? Um, I don't know because I I look. Oh, you know, I do know actually. There's one that a comic turned me on to that you have to order. I think from the Virgin Islands called it's called Jerome's. 
Whoa. You should get take some of your adult swim money and get a couple of bottles of Jerome's. It's good. Yeah, I need I'm to get some. I don't rolling know. in it. <laughs> I think you could you could afford hot sauce. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. What's your Wait, favorite from the hot Virgin sauce? Virgin Islands, that's cool. I think that's where it comes from. Where um what's your favorite hot sauce? I guess it's this new I do like Frank's. Oh my god. I got to give it up to Frank's. So you like I didn't ask what the most popular hot sauce was. I asked what your favorite one was. <laughs> Is that the most popular hot sauce? I feel like that's the one people who don't and there's nothing. I'm not a hot sauce expert, but I feel like that's the uh, that's the Bud Light of hot sauce. I shouldn't say. You know what? Scratch. I mean, in popularity, that's the you're Bud like Light. oh Frank's. Yeah, that's the hot sauce that every idiot and loser likes. No, I, I like Frank's. It's kind of vinegary. Yeah, it's not right. Super hot. So you can though. like no, but you can like dump a lot onto it. Yeah. Oh, that's you hear right. that airplane flying over me? Um, Wow, you're suddenly clearer than ever. <laughs> now we're getting the best sound ever as we're saying goodbye. There's an airplane flying over? Yeah, it was really loud. What uh, what neighborhood do you live in? I live in East Hollywood. I don't even know what that is. It's I live in Thai Town. It's where all the Thai oh, okay. restaurants are. Yeah. Um, I live <laughs> near Griffith Park. I'll just tell people my address. I live right across the street from the house where the Black Dahlia murders happened. Oh, I read that book. There's a Black Dahlia murder book? Well, there's the book by, uh, I forgot his name, the guy whose mother was murdered, I think. It's an author. Oh. I did. It's an author. I I also live down the street from another famous murder book. Maybe you read this book, The Tate LaBianca Murders. How Holy about that? Do you live in a house but, or an apartment? I'm not a millionaire. So you <laughs> I live, live in a shitty apartment. apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are going to be a millionaire when you get the payment for this show. Oh my God, Todd. After, after that Cholula endorsement, after the Franks endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sarah, I think we're going to say goodbye here, but this oh, was good, Todd. right? Do you have anything this you want to plug? This was so great. Uh, yeah, you guys could uh, just fucking – can anyone watch my videos online <laughs> for once? You can follow me at Sarah Squirm. You can tune into my show Helltrap Nightmare. It does a live – monthly streaming show on twitch unfortunately you can look at that <laughs> that is the those are those are anti-plugs that you just did <laughs> like if you want to i can see this yes i don't know what you want to do you asked me to plug something i just apologize for being alive not really the way i want to do it but uh here's what it is all right sarah thanks for having me todd thanks for doing it Talk to you no. soon. Bye. Bye. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. That was good, right? Did it sound all right? I hope so. You know, it's, uh, it's not the way I usually record, but I bet it sounded good enough, right? Conversation. Anyway, it's too late if it didn't sound good. It's not going to be remixed. But speaking of mix, 
this uh, podcast is mixed and edited by uh, Jessica Gutierrez, and uh, and it's put out by Starburns Audio. Also, Christy Coffee and Jason Smith. I'd like to thank them. Go to starburns.audio for more podcasts. Okay. Yeah, I kind of bailed on this towards the end, didn't I? I lost focus. See you next time. Starburns Audio, a podcast network.